Hey everyone, welcome back to Marvelous Geeks. I'm Gisani Sophia, and today I'm here with the lovely, darling, plaid-wearing, by the way, A+, Meredith Loftus, who runs Fangirl Forum, which I've talked about last week. No, technically a few weeks ago now, after this will be recorded. <laughs> but yeah, she is an excellent Star Wars queen. Let's be Whoa. real. A queen. We're going there. And she's the only person I've ever talked Star Wars publicly for, so... Which was an achievement, I will say a personal achievement, to get her to do that, because she has a lot of excellent points to make about Star Wars, and they should be heard with the world. Hi, everybody! I'm Meredith. (laughs) I was trying to make my intro as great as your intros tend to be, but... I've never been called a Star Wars queen before. You do intros well. There's also that. She's a great introducer. Aw, thank you. (laughs) So today we're actually here to talk about Christians and the media that we consume. One of the very first things that Meredith and I ever bonded about was our love for media. That's actually how we met. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the first things I ever asked her was, so as a fan of Harry Potter, as a fan of Once Upon a Time, as a fan of whatever, you know, these magical and fantasy shows... How do you feel as a Christian? Like, are do you always get crap for it as I do? And a monster of a topic started. Of course. So here we are to bring that monster to life. I mean, that is a conversation that never seems to fully go away. Nope. Um, for better or worse. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the first things that yeah. we ever bonded over, which was really With, like... Yeah, and we had coffee, and that's exactly what we were talking about. It was mm-hmm. seriously so funny because I I wondered she was so devout in the same way that I was Mm -hmm. so I wanted to know how she understood that and how she dealt with the whole you shouldn't be doing this as a Christian woman it's not right and oh man I for those who for any listeners who've ever heard that before like as a pushback I just want to apologize because like that is I'm going to call it is it's very narrow-minded to uh, confine our beliefs to the types of media we should be like paying attention yeah. to or caring about um, because that's just not the way like God has intended us to live. And anytime I'm brought up with that and I have been throughout my life, yeah. like mo- a lot of those conversations of, oh, you're a Christian, but you're a fan of this. How does that make sense? And then I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, we all can be fans of this stuff. I think recently I heard Kevin Smith, uh, director, comic book lover of all sorts, he um, he actually, like, said in passing, I don't think he is much of a religious man, but he said uh, that – I've met many Christians who are like fans of comic book stuff. Like anybody can be a fan of this. And that like, it was an offhand comment, but it just like warmed my heart in a way that's like, okay, it's not everybody who thinks like we live in our little boxes and Mm -hmm. like that's where we stay, you know? Um, It just blows my mind because Christianity and especially the, the kind of Christians that we are, it's all about Christ's love and a relationship with Christ. It's mm-hmm. essentially abolishing these rules and regulations that have been put on us from such a young age. Like, for instance, if you go through and you read the Bible, 
There are so many things that we shouldn't be doing that we do, and it's completely normalized. No one ever goes up to you and says, why are your ears pierced? Why is your hair colored? Mm-hmm. No one ever says that. That Those aren't things that are brought up, but the second you say, oh yeah, I like Harry Potter. Harry Potter's great. They're just like, bring out the sage, bring out the holy water. Like, yeah. And you're just kind of sitting there going, why? Like, Well, then when that happens, it's a reminder of like, well, you know, we used to live under the law like that of every little regulation, but Christ came to redeem us from that because he is the law incarnate. And therefore, like, no, we shouldn't be eating pork, but we do that (laughs) because we're freed from that religious stronghold that he came and abolished that whether you're a vegetarian or a carnivorous person like we crisis redeem us from us from our our sin like that shouldn't be a bind that isn't an add-on to our faith exactly and it's so funny because we just it's like christians tend to pick and choose what they want to believe in Mm -hmm. and that's fine that's if that's how you know they want to live their lives that's okay with me it doesn't matter but it's like for me i've always been that person that All I have to do is love my neighbor. There are no, you know, about my neighbor and whether or not if my neighbor is a different race, a different sexuality, Mm -hmm. a a witch, a wizard. Like there's no, you know what I mean? There isn't a that specify if your neighbor is a Christian, a good Christian. That is the only kind of neighbor you're supposed to love. No, you're supposed to love your neighbor regardless. Exactly, which is what Christ brings up when he, when Jesus is talking about well, what does it mean to love your neighbor? And it's the Samaritan man who like saves the man on the side of the road, which is their like mortal enemies, essentially. Like that's what it means. Like our neighbor is everyone. It's we are all made in the image of God. And therefore every person is, uh, uh, what's the right word for it? Therefore everyone is worthy and deserves, uh, the respect as an fellow image bearer of God, whether they believe what you believe or not. Exactly. And so that's why it's always so funny that media is such a big deal because it is. I've heard so many preachers talk about it. They even talk about, there's been talks about Disney, for example, and you're just kind of sitting there going, really? Like, Kids are not going to grow up truly believing that there's a fairy godmother mm-hmm. in the same way that most kids grow out of believing that there's a Santa Claus or an Easter bunny. Yeah. It's just little things you tell them to make it a little bit more fun to grow up and to expand their imagination. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you a question. What has been, what has been the most intense like encounter that you've had with that as far as like another like Christian comes up to you and says, how can you like whatever thing it is? What's been the most intense one? Because I've got a, I've got a I don't know how old you. I was. I was fairly young. So I think, no, I wasn't that. Maybe, when did Chamber of Secrets come out? Mm. It was like 2002 or 2003. Because the first one came out in 2001. So I, I, I guess still... I was like 11, 12. Mm-hmm. And so we had this family friend come over and the DVDs, uh, VHS, excuse me. Yeah. VHS. <laughs> my VHS for Chamber of Secrets was on the counter or something because I had been watching it. Mm-hmm. And family friend is Christian and she was just like, oh my God, this cannot be in your house. 
uh, you know, went up to my mom and was like, we have to take these DVDs away from her. We have to take these VHS tapes <laughs> away. They are just very bad. And my mom was just so confused. She was like, oh, they are? Like, she didn't realize that at the time. Um, but so she was like, no, no, like, you can't have these in the house. You have to take them away. And I was just like, nobody is taking my things away, please. Like, let's not. And she got into this whole, like, little lecture about how magic is so bad. And I was like, I'm not practicing magic. Like, I wish I could say Accio and get something. But that's that's not a reality that's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> it's just a VHS about a boy who does magic in a school. Like, it's, it's oh, my God. It was just. And I was really young. So I, I'm pretty sure I started crying because I, mm-hmm. I was don't take my stuff away from me. Yeah. So what's yours? Uh, so I I used to be a dancer and I was on a competition team and we were at a convention um, like for a competition and in between like competing and doing your dance numbers, they have these classes mm-hmm. with like these world-renowned choreographers and my least favorite uh, dance style is ballet. Like... I'm not the best at it. Tap was my thing and ballet just bored me to tears. So uh, one day it was the ballet session and uh, they were starting to teach us like a practice routine, like doing some moves and they started playing some music. And then I noticed a couple of my fellow like teammates decided to sit down and I'm not the biggest fan of ballet, so I was like, I'm going to, like, sneak off a second and find out, like, why they're sitting out. So I talked with them, and it turns out they were sitting out because the music that was playing was from the score of Harry Potter. Oh, my God. And they – well, the team I was on, the dance studio I was a part of at the time, was a very – it was a Christian-based dance studio, which I loved a lot of it, and one year for this – big finale that we did it was all like christian music it was really cool but that was the first time like that i mean i've interacted with that before but at the age of like 11 12 years old being like interacting with that it was just it shocked me um because like oh we weren't allowed to like participate in anything with harry potter therefore like we have to sit out and that just like blew my mind I mean, I ended up sitting out with them for a bit because I didn't want to do ballet. Yeah. But the idea that because it came from something like that, they weren't, they were just going to be separate of it 100%, which blows my mind to this day. Truly, it does. The score for Harry Potter is amazing. And to not treat it as the art that it is is just mind blowing. I have no words. It really yes. is. It's the best score. When that first theme comes on, I just gives I, you chills. It's every just time. music, and it's like if you didn't know that's from Harry Potter, you would be able to enjoy that. So why is it so difficult to just? If we can separate, if we can throw in religion into the state when it's always have, supposed to have been separate, then why can't you just do that? Like why can't you enjoy? A, sound, a song from something that you are not supposed to be a part of. Yeah, like it, it, it's insane. But that, yeah, I just I wanted to get that kind of like context from you. Yeah, it's thing, yeah. it's insane. But I think what got us 
so when we had this initial conversation, a big thing that like, I mean, went through a lot of this and just were amazed because we were seeing, I guess, I guess the point of all of this is we as Christians, like we have a relationship with Jesus Mm -hmm. and that frees us from our own sin and that the purpose of our lives are, is like, uh, sanctification you know and we and we're made in the image bearers of God so therefore we we aren't we're not supposed to be of the world we live in it and we are living our lives to be reflections of Christ in the midst of darkness sin all of the other like brokenness of the world you know and and that doesn't mean we should be sheltered from the world, but it causes us to, it challenges us to be different in the face of the world. And it also comes down to the fact that whatever is in this world, whatever is out there, it's meant for us. Mm-hmm. Christ created these foods, for example, mm-hmm. and anything that's created, it's like, yeah, poison is poison, but... You could even find the good and the bad. And that's what the whole point of Christianity always is, to look at the bad. And you, it comes down to that thing that's always said, which is don't hate the sin or don't, yeah, don't hate the sin or hate, hate the, the sin. sin. But it's like, yeah. so then why aren't you looking into the good of everything? Looking mm-hmm. into finding the good of Harry Potter, ignoring, yeah, you can still watch it. If you don't like the magic, don't like the magic. But this is a story about kids and friendship and powering through to get to the what is that word (laughs) their destinies I suppose and Mm -hmm. abolishing evil and just remaining steadfast in their goodness and Mm -hmm. in their houses which is also so interesting because it could play on different religions it could play Mm -hmm. on different beliefs like Mm -hmm. that's the thing as Christians especially if you know the bible and I feel like that's the kind of Christians that always get the hate like if you're Mm -hmm. just um if you don't go to church, you're not going to hear this stuff often. That's, yeah. that's the reality. Mm-hmm. If you're just you're a Christian but you don't attend church or you're not surrounded by people in Bible study or things like that, you don't hear it often. But if you are an avid churchgoer and if you do Bible studies and things like that, that's when you start to hear it because they start to believe that, oh, well, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be practicing the name of God. What are you doing outside of church? It's holding an unrealistic standard that uh, Jesus has never placed on people. The standard is pick up your cross and follow me, Mm -hmm. you know, and the idea that like we are to die to our sins every day. Absolutely. But there is no, we are saved by grace through faith and not by work so that no man may boast or anyone can boast. So the idea that you are adding on these extra qualifications, well, you're not really a Christian if you don't do this, if you don't, or if you do this or don't do that. And it just, you're missing the point. Like anything, plus, like is it, if it's Jesus plus something else, and that's not Christianity, that's creating your own religion that is ultimately about building up yourself and building up your kingdom than it is Christ. And so that I have a huge problem with that. And when I hear teachings regarding that, um, I, because I could rant about this all day. <laughs> you can find Christ in anything. If you look at, and which is what this book 
talks about guys we're gonna reference we're gonna reference this book probably the rest of the time because (laughs) it's that good and mike cosper if you ever listen to this i think you're amazing i'd love to have coffee with you one day to like deep dive into a bunch of this stuff real talk he's out in tennessee but that's okay (laughs) we'll figure it out if you ever come to la we'll talk (laughs) but yeah it's you can find Christ in anything in this and it's just a matter of how you choose to look at it. And if you look at let's say Harry Potter for instance, the whole story deals with um oh god, okay, what are words? Good versus evil. Um Voldemort wasn't initially evil. Tom Riddle wasn't an evil wizard. He was actually one of the greatest most powerful wizards and he wanted more power. So hello, who else wanted that from the Bible? Um Satan. You know what I mean? He was mm-hmm. a fallen angel at some point. We have, and if you know the Bible, especially I feel like if you love media the way that we both do, it's so easy to look at something and go, oh my God, this is just like the story of David. This is just yeah. like the story of this. This is just like the story of Sarah and Abel, whatever. Well, so a lot of what we love about fantasy and a lot of these uh, movies and TV shows that we love. It's the idea that we are looking for that there's this hero against these insurmountable odds and that we are forsaking that hero and it taps into the desire that we need a savior for ourselves. And so the stories we tell, guys, read this book. It's incredible. The stories we we tell, how TV and movies long and for and echo the truth by Mike Cosper. It's such a good book. It's such a good book. But like one of the lines that he says that I love is the part of us for the part of us looking for a hero remains ready to be ready to be tapped by the next politician, preacher or action star who appears ready to take on the evils of the world. It's not just movie, guys. We are looking for heroes in our own lives to fill that satisfaction or that thing that we think is going to make all of our troubles all right. And if it's anything in this world, then it's not. It's not going to satisfy. And that's like something that we have found in fandom Mm -hmm. with we love, we used to love Once Upon a Time. Mm And that it, but that tapped in directly into the idea that there is this savior who is going to break this curse Mm -hmm. and bring back all of the happy endings and what that looks like. And it completely taps into the idea of, or not the idea of the story of Jesus and like the trials and temptations that she goes on. And it's, it's such an echo of that. And that's how I bonded with so many people in Once Upon a Time is that we all recognize that story being told exactly because it's so obvious at any point if you are trying to analyze if you're trying to read into it it's right there and there's that one episode that i I always talk about which is in um it's called nimue Mm -hmm. that's what it was called right yeah nimue yeah where literally there's an evil like figure i don't want to spoil too much in case no one's seen it and emma the, the heroine the savior she literally has to yell at her to go away and that I was just that was the biggest reference for me that reminded Mm -hmm. me of Christ's temptations on the mountains with Satan and the snake because he literally had to fight every word that she was saying to become Mm Christ-like to become the savior that we have today and so Emma doing that I was just that was probably one of my favorite things that happened in later seasons because I do not like later seasons but yeah Yeah, later seasons is kind of tape so but, okay, so it's tapping into the whole 
thesis of this book that we're referencing um, is basically the idea that um, we we are made in the image of a storytelling God. So it's not just we rep like we look in the future of God and like we have its characteristics. No, like we we are creative like mm -hmm. God. We're not the ultimate creator, but we have creative tendencies. The entire story of history and the Bible itself and even where we're living today is a reflection of the story that's being told about God and bringing glory back to himself. So if the Bible is true, I'm, ref I'm quoting Mike Cosper, um, then it has a way of encompassing and overarching every story ever told. Our personal stories, our fiction, our literature, our TV shows, and our movies are all accounted for in a sovereign God's design for the world. The stories we tell are all a part of the story he's telling. We tell stories because we're broken creatures hungering for redemption, and our storytelling is a glimmer of hope, a spark of eternity still simmering in our hearts. Like, Big doesn't mode. that give you chills? Big mode. That's exactly it. All of these stories are, and it, it always makes me laugh when people are just like, okay, but that's just a movie with any genre. Because it's mm -hmm. like, but what are movies based off of? They're based mm -hmm. off of real life. You just, mm -hmm. if you want to build a fantasy, you're going to add in a dragon. You're going to add in a centaur. You're going to add in a flickering of a wand to give it a different genre, to make mm -hmm. it more unique and that's the reality of it too we need these stories because if we didn't we would just have the same old good versus evil story and well I mean it all is how, it how? all is a reflection of that it's all of a hunger and desire for like our search for love the ghosts of Eden of how like we know that we are living in a broken world and we were meant for perfection and that haunts us to this day um my favorite chapter which surprised the crap out of me like as much as I love uh, heroes and messiahs, which is this chapter referencing a lot about our mm. favorite uh, heroes like Harry Potter, Luke Skywalker. Even there's a good section on like Prince Philip from Sleeping Beauty, funny, which is yeah. which is, which great. is literally someone once said that like, oh my god, you should watch Sleeping Beauty. There's a dragon in it. I was like, yes, but there's also the sword of truth and the shield of. Oh god, it's my favorite thing, and I'm forgetting it. But anyway, you like it's literally it's like it's really really it's. Just, just yeah. Don't so even. that, so again, that's a big chapter that we see. That's an obvious examples where we see a lot of like alluding to Christ, and um, which for us Christians, like it's really not hard to miss. No, that's why we should champion a lot of these uh, fantasy, like these fandoms, these movies, these franchises because they all are alluding to that hero that we long for and we we have we are satisfied because we know that the hero has already come and saved the day and we are living Amen. in the in-between for his second coming where he's going to bring full redemption to the world which is amazing like uh that the new heaven and earth will be established and you know, every person, every nation, tribe, tongue, um, and people group uh, will hear and know the good news and all that. We can get into that later. But I really loved this 
these two chapters on redemptive violence, which I'm a big fan of Batman, and mm-hmm. he like taps into we're seeking justice and like we put like it's so easy to be like, well, you shouldn't like these anti-heroes. I'm like, well, we're kind of anti-heroes ourselves. Um, and then Honey Boo Boo and the Weight of Glory. That chapter, it's one of the last chapters of the book. Hear me out, guys. Um, is about reality television and the current age that we're living in of these stories being told. And it blew my mind because I'm not going to totally give it away. Um, but it's just the idea that part of our destiny is like restored glory of like being, uh, being brought back to the place that we were meant for, not just like physically with Eden, but like our like glorified bodies that, uh, is that is talked about when we go to heaven and when uh the second coming happens so we are meant for glory but it's not our glory and it's misplaced and so when he put that into perspective for me i i look at reality television very differently now though i still have a lot of judgment towards it because of how our culture and our society have warped it in such a way Mm -hmm. it still doesn't change the fact that they are also image bearers of uh image bearers of god and therefore it is a reflection of like this thing that we do long for and like that's where that's where we as christians need to find discernment in how we handle such things like okay if that's a trigger point for us or like oh we can enjoy this and ensue, uh, consume this fa- form of media but if we are building into our own personal status, if we're losing perspective of like what these mediums are meant for, mm. then yeah, that's where it gets warped. And that's where you should put boundaries of like how okay. much media you should consume. And I'm totally for that, but it's as long as you have the right context for it um, instead of this legalistic just uh, view of like, well, it just, they said, the F-bomb in this movie, I'm not going to give it the yeah. time of day. It's those things that also come into play for letting go of fantasy for a second. But yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that that movie curses. Oh, there's an inappropriate scene in that movie. Oh, there's a sex scene. Oh, there's nudity. I can't watch it. And more fine. Like, you know, if you don't want to watch it, then I respect your choice not to watch it. That's A-OK. But just because... I choose to watch it and just because I'm choosing to expose myself to it does not mean that I am somehow in it or that I am somehow tainting my own soul because mm-hmm. to, no offense, Anything but we're not is- stupid nowadays to not know what a naked body look art. Why are we able to admire a naked body in art in sculptures? But the second it's on it's TV, on, it's <gasps> like, no, it, I agree with that, but it's also the fact that, like, anything can taint us. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but we are fallible humans, and we can turn anything into idols or, like, means to drive us away from God no matter what. Like, one of Jesus' first miracles was turning water into wine because he was at a wedding, and people have taken, like, the full approach of, like, no, we don't even touch alcohol, Mm. which... If you have history with that and you know that's going to be a problem for you, 
then yeah, I fully support that. Exactly. Like live a sober life. And that's, and honestly, like Paul uh, writes about this in one of his book and one of his letters that we're meant to live sober lives. I agree with that. But to say that like, oh, there's going to be alcohol at this wedding. Like I don't want to even like get an invite or like, are you sure you should be drinking? Aren't you a Christian? Yeah, it's in moderation and it's knowing exactly. your boundaries and limits as but as long as like that thing isn't coming in place of who's on the throne of your life. Yeah. And that I think is what's lost on a lot of people these days. And yeah, it's hard. Like I have an aunt who she's a very solid, devout Christian. I love her so much. But I remember I was over at her house and she asked me for the sake of her son, uh should he be allowed to watch the king's speech? I was like, the what do you mean? Speech? Like, what do you mean? Well, there's just a lot of, like, cursing in that movie. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Just because of that, it shouldn't be a barrier to, like, hearing the story. Like, this is based on a man's life, you know? And it's got some biographical uh, messages involved and... Unfortunately, our world isn't censored. Like, at what age? Yeah, that's, I'm sorry, that's another long no, but discussion. It makes a great point like, because I don't remember how, I can't even remember how old I was when I first heard the F bomb. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the thing is, I'm, I do curse, for instance. I'm not going to pretend that I don't. But, as do I. Like, but I, I have my boundaries, for instance. I will not do it in my writing. In professional mm-hmm. work, I won't mm-hmm. do it. Um, in things like that, I won't do it when I'm around parents. Or mm-hmm. it's just, I, I don't know if that's like my little, like the way that I was brought up. There mm-hmm. there are certain words that I don't consider curse words. Yeah. And I might forget because, again, I'm human. Yeah. But those are such trivial, tiny sins. And it's not the movies that have made me do that. It's because yeah. it's everywhere. It's yeah. around me. And unless I decide to just shield myself in my own house. Mm-hmm. And never listen to anything and never do anything, then yeah, so we're not say, living like, at that point. Like, if for instance, it's cursing, like, okay, you stop watching movies altogether or television, great, but the music you listen to, it's there too. You oh, stop that. You're walking out on the street, you're at a coffee shop, and somebody is on the phone with someone, and it comes like you can't censor life in that yeah. way. It's that's why wisdom is so important. That's how it gets us through and gives us discernment to handle like, okay, how are we living as lights for Christ and how are we living for the world and navigating everything in between? Exactly. Like I, my objective. No, there's no iPhones, but there's plenty of adultery back in the day and addiction to pornography. Like, you know, there. Technology may have ch- may have changed, but human nature has remained no. the same throughout history. Exactly. And it comes down to your own choices that you make. If you don't want to watch that thing because it's bothering you, there, there have been so many things where I don't want to watch because I felt it negatively affect me. That mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. But that doesn't mean that if you are able to watch and you are able to see something good in it, that there is nothing good in it. Or even if you're mm-hmm. able to watch it mindlessly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. One of my favorite movies is The Hangover, you guys. <laughs> I, I love that movie. I can't help it. It's hysterical. But that doesn't mean that the next time I go to Vegas, I'm going to hop on 
uh, roofies and terrorize the entire city. It means I know my own boundaries. I'm able to watch this and I'm able to laugh at it. It doesn't mean that I'm condoning it. Mm -hmm. It just means that it's also fake. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not real. And I'm able to understand that. Mm -hmm. And so it's... Yeah, like there's... Listen, there are pros and cons to all media like yeah. honestly and there is a danger if you're like mindlessly watching like let's say like in college I binge watch a, a lot of vampire diaries and after watching like three seasons worth I can tell if I've watched it enough like a lot in one day I become a little bit more sarcastic a mm. bit more Damon-esque if you will <laughs> Damon Salvatore um and that affected, like, my behaviors. I'm like, okay, so I, I'm noticing a pattern here. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to watch as much Vampire Diaries a day, you know? Like, bring it back a little bit because it's starting it, – because it does affect of course. your behavior. And it it's not necessarily a bad thing. It, like, it tapered off, like, in later seasons. I didn't watch the rest of it. But, I mean, to say, like, there – we are malleable people, like for better or worse, like there's a lot of things that can affect us and media and movies and te television does. I get it. I see the argument because I've seen, I've seen it in myself. Yeah. I've seen it in other people. However, to cut yourself off of it completely a hundred percent because one little world word is going to trigger you. That says more about your heart more than I say the movie does. Mm, exactly. Say about anything. And that's what it it comes down to in the end. Um with I don't I don't even know which example to bring, but it's like with my writing for instance, I was so dedicated to getting the review out right away that mm -hmm. I for like a good 24 hours the only thing I had on my mind was once upon a time mm -hmm. because I was writing, I was into it. I was but once I realized that, hey, this is becoming a problem for me and I need to put in my boundary, even if it is professional, I need to stop this. And it got to a point where I was like, you know what? It's no offense, but screw the deadline. Yeah. I am going to watch the episode. I'm going to sleep on it because I wouldn't sleep, you guys. I would write until 4 a.m. or mm -hmm. 5 a.m. Yeah. So I will sleep on it and then I'll write it. And these are things that you just learn along the way with yourself, with Christ's help. But that doesn't mean that it's the media that's doing it. It just means that at the moment, that is how your heart is consuming it. And if yeah. your heart's not in the right place, mm -hmm. maybe, yeah. But again, then leading back to fantasy, even if your heart's in the wrong place, mm -hmm. no offense, but we really can't like conjure up spells that Harry Potter can. No. Like if you, you Avada Kedavra does not work in real life. Also, you're not getting your Hogwarts letters. I'm really sorry, guys. I was waiting for it to for a bit. It's just not. It's not coming. Um, Hogwarts Castle may be a, a universal right now, but it doesn't mean I get to go there and take classes. Heck, the app game that I'm playing right now, um, they're the Hogwarts Mystery, I'm in classes and whatnot, but I'm pressing buttons. I'm not actually conjuring magic. Yeah. But so, it's fun. It's it, Yeah, again. You just have I just, to know your own boundaries. You have to know your own boundaries, and you just have to know, like, who – like, what are you putting in that place where God belongs, yeah. you know? Because that's the thing about fandom that we get into a whole bunch is how people take these great stories and they worship 
Mm. every single thing about it. And so when it lets them down in some way, it's devastating to them. Truly. To the point of like, they're just inconsolable and you just don't know how to like handle life anymore. And that's more of a, ref- that's, that's, that's a reflection of your heart and your, like, where are you at? And I, I pray against that for people. Like, I want you to see and enjoy the meat, like the shows and movies that you do, but also like not letting it consume you because yeah. that's where madness lies, that my is, friends. Yeah, truly. And not to be rude about it, but that is it. it you can't fantasy and, um, reality can only clash to a certain degree and it's like I I completely understand it being an escape it is an escape for a lot of people media Mm -hmm. tv movies books it's an escape for mental health it's an escape for all these things our world is madness and it helps that there are these fantasy worlds that we can enter into I get it yeah please (laughs) but we have to also remember that those things cannot save us and that that is not what's it's not going to save your life it's not going to replace Christ and we're talking specifically for Christians. Yeah. So it's not going to fill the void that only he can void, uh, fill. It's going to inspire you. It might make you happy. It might turn some things off and turn some things on. But at the end of the day, you have to know that you are seeking him. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters, not the heroine or the hero. Yeah. Like, for for the non-Christians who are listening to this and you're just like, wow, like this is kind of like all over the place. I didn't know this about Christians. Good. Like I want you to hear something different. Like that we, that the one, the Christians that you hear about on television, like the hypocritical ones, the ones that are buying yachts in the name of the Lord or like committing adultery, like that is a reflection. Now we are not perfect. We're killing people in the name of the Lord. Yeah, exactly. None of that, like that is, we are imperfect, broken people, but we are redeemed and saved by the one that is. Mm-hmm. And we are, like, we're going to continue to mess up. That is our life. But That's like, inevitable. Christ didn't come to make us perfect. We can never, ever, no matter how hard we try, be holy, 100% perfect, perfect in the way that he was. That's impossible. And to put that standard on us, we're like you're setting us up to fail, and we know that because yeah. we because we aren't perfect. Like we're, we're sinners. No, we are sinners. If it's not one thing; like, it's another. Uh, but you, but Christ takes brokenness aside and makes it beautiful. I definitely quoted a song, but that's okay. <laughs> it's true. We're here for it. Here for quoting things. But yeah, it's just it. It's. It's so funny to me, and I'm always like, when people are like, "Oh, I worry about you," I'm like, "Don't." worry about me please like I it just it makes me laugh I don't know who said it the other day they're like is it okay that you watch so much stuff and I'm like yeah listen there comes a point where even I myself I love hiatus oh my gosh yeah hiatus, hiatus time is-, is everything to me that's the beauty yeah I love having breaks from this stuff I don't because know how it gives people me- don't love hiatus I'm- because I again it's they want to consume every we are consumer base like first world problems yeah. of like we need stuff instant gratification now because like they're chasing for the next thing mm-hmm. we aren't we can have a break and we could recognize those break. breaks um but that's just another example of like when they turn when people turn 
these characters, these shows, these movies into idols. Mm -hmm. And they're like looking and digging and trying to find the next thing to hold them over until the next episode, the next movie. Like me right now, I'm really happy that there is a break for Star Wars until next December, which for some people is like, it's so long. I'm like, we used to wait three years in between Star Wars movies. Like, you need I, it's to also get been it like what? How many years since The Force Awakens? Yeah, it's been not from all... from Return of the Jedi. I mean, so come oh, on, yeah, exactly. Like, we waited that long. It's gonna be fine. It will be okay. I promise you, it will be fine. Um. So yeah, I love hiatus. Hiatus is amazing. Hiatus is great because it gives you perspective and allows you to like think on different parts that you love about it or like oh there's some plot holes yeah. i wasn't a fan of like or just forget about it or yeah just forget about it out and sight, enjoy your life mind. yeah exactly so and then when it popped back up you're like oh yes, my gosh excited. this is great like yeah. that's how i felt daredevil season three this weekend it came on uh, netflix friday i'm almost done with it but it is a reminder of like wow i really miss these characters mm-hmm. Ooh, i really love this storyline Having that break between, like, Defenders and now has been a beautiful thing. Heck, even Punisher, I was like, man, I cannot wait for Daredevil Season 3. Because, like, we've waited long enough and there's buildup and you've created that fan base and it's okay to wait because it's going to feel, it's going to be great when you get it. And then you get to be like, ah, oh, I get to enjoy this thing now. Like Stranger Things. It's oh my, my gosh, Stranger show. Things. It's all I'm waiting for, but I'm not Next summer, here. man. We have to wait until next summer. Wait, 2019, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Next for summer, For a second, I thought it was going to be summer 2020. I was like, whoa, no, now no. we have a problem. They pushed back Guardians yeah. 3 until 2021 for even production. Yeah, so I'm like, okay with Guardians 3. But, you know, Stranger <laughs> Things, I miss it so much, but I'm not sitting here thinking only about Stranger Things, mm-hmm. continuing to just watch the episodes, crying about the fact that I miss it. So Or like stalking everybody on social media and just, like all of that be, stuff. It's going to be A-OK. Hey, this is a very good thing. So yeah, that is for those who are concerned that we may, we may watch too much TV. It's called balance, my friends. Yeah. Well, like, we'll talk about balance. Like 2019, I got to survive that whole year. Oh yeah, it's going to be a wild year. It's going to be a wild year because it's not just like movies that are coming out. Like obviously like we're huge fans of like the MCU and Star Wars. So Captain Marvel, Avengers 4, Episode 9 right there. Then you've got Lion King. Then you have Stranger Things Season 3. You've got the end of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, the end of Game of Thrones. It's It's going to be a wild year of like... Oh my gosh, there's so much of this. So much ending too, which is going to be interesting. A lot, yeah, a lot of final chapters and a lot of new beginnings, hopefully. So it's all just about knowing your boundaries, really. And again, the, the media we consume, it's based off of seeing the good in it. And if you can't see the good in even media, then there's an even bigger problem there. And that's when you need to see Christ more. That's where it's like you need to check the status of your heart more than you are looking at the status of this television show or wanting to point the finger. It's like, okay, you're pointing a finger, but there are three fingers pointing right back at you. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Like, I know people that are like, I don't, I just, I don't like fantasy. I can't watch something that isn't real. Totally Totally fine. fine. I'm cool with that. Not a problem at all. But that doesn't mean that just because you don't like it, that we are doing something wrong wrong by enjoying it. Yeah, 
for putting us like for putting people down because they like something and i think that's just even a larger discussion yeah just period if you're it's picking and choosing yeah what to believe ultimately yeah and you know like we like a bunch of different stuff this is our this is what we're presented right now if you don't like what you're seeing how about you make something and do something about it um Though I do not recommend remaking a movie. I'm no, talking no. to you crazy Last Jedi people who uh, are Let it last, go. last Jedi haters who want, we're <laughs> trying to, uh, what it was it, fundraise to like let remake it, it. Yeah, just let it go, man. See, See, that, that's, again, a perfect example. I'm not the biggest fan of The Last Jedi. And we're I'm so not friends. out here with pitchforks condemning people who love it yeah seriously like we've hung out so much since then and like i totally understand where you're coming from i don't i never try to make it a point to make you feel bad for not liking something as well as as and same thing goes like you don't make me feel bad for liking this movie it's completely two different perspectives It it is and i have seen and i'm not saying it's a terrible the worst movie to ever like created no by yeah go back and see batman and robin for Um, options it's it just wasn't my cup of tea there's there's scenes that i absolutely loved and then there's scenes that i absolutely hated it's just but you know i'm I'm not out here saying how dare you love that scene do you know what you're doing like it just it makes me laugh sometimes but truly there are moments where i i have started to feel guilty like there's Mm -hmm. times where I remember, especially with Harry Potter, Harry Potter is such a big deal amongst Christians for some reason. Yeah. And there was a point where well, I started to a, feel... Because it's explicit magic yeah. as opposed to like a mythological thing, like the force for Star yeah. Wars, which, hello, that's totally the Holy Spirit yeah. and Jesus working. So exactly. like, stop and kids. I know that there was a discussion at what a church I used to go to a really long time ago where Lord of the Rings was praised and Star Wars was brought... Uh, sorry, Harry Potter was brought down. And... I love Lord of the Rings just as much. Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started on that. But someone also once said to me, oh, it's much scarier. You shouldn't watch it as someone who's scared. But I'm also that person that if the second I get scared of something, you think I'm not going to turn it off. I can't yeah. sleep at night if I watch something scary. Like, yeah. I know myself. I'm not. The fact that you handle Demogorgons is like. Demogorgons are gross. That's always how I tell people when they're like, okay. I'm scared of Stranger Things. I can't watch. I'm like, I, it's gross it's not mm-hmm. scary i'm scared of i don't know if i mentioned this in our riverdale podcast mm-hmm. i think i did i'm scared of like women in white dresses because i fo- here's the thing i have i forced myself to watch the ring mm-hmm. when i was 10 or how, however old i was because i was um tutoring i was a ta for kindergartners and they were all talking about how cool it was and how great it was I'm sorry, kindergartners yeah, talking about? Yeah, you heard me right. Okay. Okay, so I was like, wow, okay, if the kindergartners can handle it, I can too. I could not handle it, and hence why I'm scared of women or girls in white dresses now. And mm-hmm. for a really long time, I had to cover the TV in my room because I was so terrified. And mm-hmm. I forced myself through that movie. Now I'm paying the price for it as a 27-year-old. <laughs> so now if I find that something is scary... I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to turn it off. I'm mm-hmm. not 12 to be like, no, I got to do this because everyone else is doing it. Like. Yeah. Like, and so with Lord of the Rings, I would say. I was the, terrified of the Gollum. That's what I was going to Go- say with uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Gollum and the orcs. The whole uh, Return of the King Mordor stuff was like Terrifying. Freaky. 
but I, I love it. And mm-hmm. so I didn't even get scared of Harry Potter until the last three books where I was like, there are mm-hmm. scenes that are freaky in there and I have not watched till this day. Mm-hmm. But so to have people compare both, you're just like, you can't do that because I might find this scary and you might find that scary, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that they're, again, it's just, you could find God in everything. Yeah, so with that, I'm just going to read off this thing right read here. It. This is a chart from the Heroes and Messiahs chapter from the stories we tell by Mike Cosper. I'm just going to keep saying that. So basically, there is this idea that like these certain uh, heroes and characters that we love um, are following the same hero's arc, hero's, hero's journey, because it's based off of Christ mm. and his ultimate hero's journey. So you've got on the side, they were called away, tied and tried and tested. They go into darkness, they come out of darkness, and then they're home again. And you see that in Star Wars with Luke Skywalker. You see that in Harry Potter. You see that in Jesus. Okay. And even, um, and you see that with Frodo and Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings and Katniss and the Hunger Games. And the list goes on and on. Truly, we could sit here and list at least 100 people. Yeah, if we had we more can. time, we could 100% do that. Okay, yeah. Home again. All right, here we go. Uh, they're talking about Superman. They're talking about um, Prince Philip, Iron Man. Um, oh my gosh, they did uh, Joe versus the Volcano, which hilarious to me. The Born Identity franchise. The list. The Matrix. The Matrix. It goes on and on. Yeah, whether it's Escape from Mount Doom or Iron Man getting cut off a portal of intergalactic invaders and then Avengers, like. We are looking, these are echoes of the hero that we long for and know to be true. And he is true because it's Jesus Christ, this carpenter from Nazareth, who is both fully God and fully man. We, he has been, whether his name has been said more often than not, the essence of him and the echoes of his character are seen all throughout this, especially in fantasy. Because fantasy, what's beautiful about fantasy is that it takes us to this else world and it's a reflection that like, okay, we can be somewhere else, but some of those same problems come up. Mm -hmm. But then here is this guy or this girl or whoever it is who comes into the picture, they face the same kind of things that we go through and they overcome them, and it makes us like, yeah, if I can do, if they can do that, I can, I can do, do, do this. Like, no, I'm not facing a dementor tomorrow, but like, I can stand firm in my faith and be like, no, Satan, stay back. Like, exactly, because you you might face someone who's not literally a dementor, but someone no. who's sucking the life out of you, because yeah. there are people like that, and that, oh. that is a thing that happens in our world. And having Christ and knowing who he is, knowing who you are in him, is going to help you defeat him in the same way that Harry had to think happy thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go into your office or home or wherever and mm-hmm. tell yourself, hey, okay, we're going we're gonna to be okay. Think about this. Think about Pray, that. Like, or like exactly. I do. I have a Spotify playlist that I listen to when I start getting like down about stuff. And so I hear myself saying some lyrics back to myself. Too, exactly. Because I can hear it but also to like believe it too you know like yeah there's a difference Um, and 
that's just what it comes down to. It's fantasy allows us to play with these elements and these themes without, and this is going to sound horrible, but without shoving Christianity in anyone's faces. Mm -hmm. Because nobody wants that. And that's the sad truth is that nobody wants anything shoved in their face. I've always said that if I weren't a Christian and I was approached in the way that some non-Christians were, that I would be intimidated. I would be frustrated with that. But these elements allow people to see that there is good in this world and that mm-hmm. there is something and someone you could believe in. And even when we have, we have so many great movies that deal with yeah, actual like, God and spiritual movies. Oh, for but sure. But we also need these movies to attract people whose taste is different. Well, like, and you mentioned Tolkien earlier, like, I'm reading from the epilogue of this book. I'm just going to keep going to it. Here we go. Filmmakers are storytellers, and Christian filmmakers should, vocationally speaking, focus first and foremost on telling great stories. Works by C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien have stood the test of time and gained influence, not because of their theology, which it's filled with theology, but because of the quality of their storytelling. Exactly. Like, their theology informed their worldview, and so it certainly shaped their portrayal of humanity, uh, if it but it wasn't the driving force of their stories. Like they, we as Christians should just make, we shouldn't make stories that are just like family friendly. Which yeah. I think there is important to make family yeah. friendly stuff. Like that's, a, that's definitely a market to like, and good stories to inspire kids. That's why I like, I love Disney movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Disney himself was a Christian, and so a lot of themes that he played with, but also stuff from his own family. Like, why is there a parent always de- always dead in the movie? Well, it's because he lost his mom at a young age, you know, and he had a contentious relationship with his dad. Like, there, our lives bleed into whatever stories exactly. that we tell, and we that's we should be focusing on like the story, like whatever the story is being telling looking for the bits of like, okay, what is what is God trying to teach me through hearing this story? Or not just like movies, but in other people's lives. Or like, how can I love them well mm-hmm. in the midst of this? That's going to be something different that they haven't experienced before. Uh, like, life interlaps in every form, no matter what. And to try and cut and create your own little perfect utopia... The fact of the matter is the Bible has always talked about there's not going to be a utopia yeah. until like Christ returns and he establishes his reign uh, on earth as it is in heaven. It's just not. Amen. Man, I just said there's a lot, that. A lot of like preaching happening. Exactly. And I loved it. And this is the kind of topic that seriously we could probably go on for like three hours of because course. there's so much to talk about. But tragically, <laughs> time limits exist. Absolutely. But thank you for coming on. I cannot have imagined anyone else doing this one with me. Where can listeners find you? Okay. Um, hi. Y'all can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's the same username, Meredith Loftus. Um, and I do have a podcast uh, called Fangirl Forum, which I really need to record new episode soon. So, um <laughs> Yes, that should be coming soon, uh, which you can find on iTunes and Spotify and on Spreaker.com. And, I'm going to uh, link it all for you guys. Perfect.
Perfect. And I mean, you can also find me on the Riverdale podcast that Gisini and I do. Do Riverdale podcast? With me? We do that? We do that thing? What are you talking about? Yeah, Midnight at Pops. I I love that name so much. It It is so so cool. You came up with it. I was like, this is genius. I was watching 30 Rock. That was the inspiration. Ugh. I love 30 so, Rock. Yeah. We can there's a whole like section of like 30 Rock on the Search for Love chapter that is oh my just God. like oh, love it. Um but so, yeah, yeah, that's where you can find me. And thank you so much for having me on. I Enough. love that we've recorded Pleasure. one of these conversations finally. Seriously, I know that some people are bound here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, night, wherever you are, and God bless you all. Bye. Bye.